This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I'm so excited for us both to get to be with our guest. Oh my gosh, I feel like I say that every episode, and today I'm like so pumped. And we're having on, I'm just thinking, like, we don't have very many guys on the podcast. So today's guest is a man, and his name is Dr. Anthony, officially Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. And he's the founder of the Fit Mother Project and the Fit Father Project. And he is so amazing. I'm so excited. My team thinks I've gone nuts because I'm like obsessed with everything he's going to share today on the show. And we've been getting a lot of questions about exercise. I would say we're not getting a lot of questions. I'm noticing that a lot of people in our program, Flow 365, are questioning how they're moving their bodies and what's happening and what's effective and what's not effective and getting frustrated sometimes because the things that were effective aren't effective. And so I just came to this show with this just page of questions that I got from Flow 365ers. And I'm just so excited. I'm so excited that we get to dive in and have these questions answered. And I feel like I learn so much in every interview that I ever do on this podcast. It's like literally my favorite thing that I do in the whole entire world is talk to all the guests. And I just try to go in with the most open mind. And even if it's a topic that I think I know about, just really go in and listen and learn. And today, like blew my mind in a way of like, I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is where I need my goals to go. This is what I should be doing. So I'm telling you in advance that I'm implementing everything that Dr. Anthony has to offer today, this fall, and I'm so excited. And so you'll hear more about this coming up. So here's the thing. So he's coming on the show. You're going to love everything he has to share. Take good notes if movement exercise is something you're working on. And he's going to be back. We're having an event in just a short while. It's August 21st through 24th, where we're going to come together and we're going to make a plan for the fall for our health. It's called Make Time for Your Health. And so you're going to learn both how to make time for your health in a busy season, like with all the other things. I'm not saying we're all going to put down our lives. I mean, September can be full. I'm not going to lie. I'm very much there with you. September is a full month. And it's also an opportunity when the season's changing to really step into our health in a different way. And what I notice happens is like 
a lot of times the summer is very unstructured. So even though the summer I feel like has a healthy vibe to it, because of the unstructure of it, sometimes some of our routines and rhythms, especially around food and exercise can kind of go by the wayside. And so then the fall becomes a place where the rhythm can come back in. And then it gets so busy that we sort of let it slide. And then all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving. Does anyone resonate with this story? And then it's like, well, we might as well wait till the new year. So we're coming together so that that does not happen because your health, your well-being, your energy is what we need from you. That's what your family needs from you. It's what your friends need from you. It's what your clients need from you. It's what your community needs from you. And so it's really important that we learn how to prioritize our health in any season, in the relaxing days of summer and in the busy days of fall. And then we'll bridge it. You'll know how to bridge it into a holiday season, which comes next. All right. I'm so excited. So I think that that's what I've got to say about that. So go sign up. That's really important. So go to plansimple.com slash workshop, and that should get you right to the sign up. It's a free event. It's for a week. This is how it's going to work. Every morning, you're going to get a video and you're going to have a workbook that you're going to go through. And each day, the video I'm hoping is going to be as little as 10 minutes. We're editing them right now. I hope they're going to be short. And probably in about 30 minutes, you're going to do that step. And each day, you're going to have a step. And by the end of the week, you're going to have this plan that's really going to help you this fall. Like the plan is going to be you're going to put all the pieces together on Friday and the plan is going to be on this piece of paper that you could hang on your wall and you'll know just what to do and how to feel really balanced and how to take good care of your health this fall. And the process that we take you for through is the flow planning process. And so we're really going to tap into your own knowing for what you need to focus on. And we're going to help you learn how to really make it reasonable and doable and really in alignment with your future self, which sometimes pushes our boundaries a little, which is all good. So we're going to talk you through that. And then for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that week at noon Eastern time, we're going to invite experts on to answer your questions. So Dr. Anthony is one of those experts, and he's going to come on and answer your questions. So as you're making your plans, you'll be able to come on and be like, am I right? Do I need to do this? you know, stretching thing every morning? Or actually, do I just, was it better to do it one longer time so that we're really dialing in and getting our plans as smart and as they can be so that they really can fit into our lives. All right. So that is what is happening. Make time for your health. I'm so excited. By the way, feel free to spread the word. We would love to really invite new people into this event and create a big community around people who are balancing really meaningful work and family and their health. All right. So plansimple.com slash workshop. And if for some reason all else fails, just go to plansimple.com. I promise there's a bar at the top. It will get you right there. Okay. So with no further ado, let's get Dr. Anthony on the show. Hey, Dr. Anthony, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited for this conversation today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because, well, this is something I'm thinking a lot lately around like the fitness piece of what you do. And also it's coming up a lot in our group program right now. I just feel like it's like, well, I grew up in a time <laughs> when I feel like step aerobics was a thing. Like yep. everything took an hour. 
I don't know. Like it wasn't until later in life that I really realized that strength wasn't a thing that I wanted to like really lean into. I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. just a confusing landscape. There's so many like things that pop up. So I'm excited for you to help us get some clarity on all things, you know, movement and taking care of our bodies. So will you just give us a little background a little bit before we dive in like to all the questions I have, just what you do, how you help people, how you got here, whatever you want to tell us about. For sure. Okay, so it'll be the abbreviated version of what I consider a pretty interesting story. For the last 10 years, I've been dedicating my life, my time, my work to helping busy parents, particularly those over 40, get themselves at an ideal weight, build strength, build healthy habits, get off prescription medications so they can be healthy for their families. And the reason I got passionate about that work is growing up, I watched my own dad get very sick. You know, he's like many parents was juggling everything, work, family stuff, and his body broke down. He got cancer and he ended up dying when he was 42 years old. And I was nine years old at the time. And to watch that, it really put a huge impression in my mind that health is like the foundation of all this stuff. It's so easy for it to get put on the back burner because we feel like it's something separate than the busyness of our lives. And it got me really passionate about fitness because in my young mind, I wanted to figure out how I could become so strong to help and be with my family, but also to make sure that I didn't get cancer. So I started to train and I got stronger and I started to devour all these nutrition books as a young man. And I eventually took it into competitive bodybuilding, naturopathic medical school, and then started my different websites and online companies where basically I help people create sustainable routines around their health and fitness so they can reach their ideal weight, be strong and have great longevity into you know the later years of life and be a good example for their families. So that's the abbreviated version. We have Fit Father Project, which I started first kind of in memory of my dad. And to date, I think we've had around 60,000 guys in over 100 countries come through our program, which is amazing. That's um, and then amazing. We, we started Fit Mother Project a few years after that. So that's been going for about five, six years. And we've had around 15,000 women come through that program and see amazing results. So I'm really here to share anything that I can to help people gain clarity because it is confusing on the nutrition front, on the exercise front. And there's a lot of differing opinions. So what I'm going to share is like my take on the matter. And I can say the stuff that I do believe does work. There's a possibility yep. that what I say may challenge somebody's you know, own beliefs or patterns or routines or what they've heard. And it's totally fine. Like take what's useful from this, discard what's not. But I do know someone will walk away from this conversation having some new tools and some new clarity. Yeah, well, I just want to start actually with your story because I find that so interesting. And I, as you were talking, I was like, oh, I knew that, but like, I didn't really remember. And to me, that's really interesting because I think one of the biggest shifts that happens, well, it happened for me sort of like my mid, I'm like only in my late 40s. So it hasn't been that Mm -hmm. long, but it took a while for me to get this connection to health instead of body image. So a lot of the things that we're talking about, like the shift from, I would do this for my health over the other things. And it's interesting because it's actually like a harder switch than Mm -hmm. I would have gathered. And what I realized looking back is I didn't even, as I was on my own health journey 14 years ago, And I feel like I'm on a new one right now, by the way, but we can talk about that later. But as I was on like that initial one where like I had 80 pounds to lose, I had never cooked from scratch. Like Mm -hmm. I was, you know, in a pretty dire moment at that time, you know, I definitely was doing it more, not for health. Like I wasn't thinking about health and I had three little kids at the time. So I'm just saying that out loud because I think that that's a really interesting thing. And I'm wondering if it's a harder motivator for some people. 
Yeah, well, I'd like to think you can have many motivations. I do believe that as you get later into life, your motivations need to be deeper than simply, I want my body to look a certain way. But I do think that can be an important part of the picture because it also, I see like the tremendous amount of like good pride and just happiness that you were able to accomplish something, your body looks a certain way where you've actually taken this idea in your mind and you finally like actually actualize that through your action and your plan. And it's like, wow, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. So it's good that the body can look a certain way. Those standards do change over time for sure. You know, skin starts to sag, gravity takes its toll, you know, different things happen, but the body image is important, but it needs to connect to deeper, you know, structures in your mind and your being, which means your core values often means your family often means longevity often means looking at your parents if they're still alive and being like, what's happening and we'll get society around us. Like if you don't do these things, we know where things end up. You end up on prescription medications without a lot of vitality. It's just kind of like we have a pretty sick culture right now. And the other fact of the matter is planning is great because planning is like using our prefrontal cortex, our higher mind to like create structure and be like, this is a path. These are things that I want to do. This is a routine. But ultimately that routine has to be brought into the present moment in action. And that means yeah. we're also engaging the deeper subconscious aspects of our mind, which is our motivations, our addictions, our, our image issues, limiting beliefs. So all of this comes into fruition when it comes to health and fitness. So like there's yeah. no difference between psychology and all of this. So to be able to tap into the deep areas and make more profound connections, like why you actually want to have that healthy breakfast, why it's important to schedule the time to get into exercise, like that makes your routines a lot more sticky and it makes your plan more effective because you can have the best plan, but if you only follow it for a short amount of time, you know, you're just back on the Ferris wheel over and over. Yep. The Ferris wheel. I like that. Will you talk a little bit about that? So this idea of thinking, like having that long vision and like what that looks like when you're in your forties and fifties, like, yeah, I think there's this, like we ultimately after a certain point when the body image is, you know, maybe important to us may not be important to us, but certainly is less important than it once was. We look ahead at the quality of our life and we realize that the quality of our life is going to be determined by, do we have a body that is mobile? Like, are we in pain or are we not in pain? Like, do our joints feel good? Is our spine in alignment? Like, are we feel pain or not? And related to pain is energy. Do we have the energy to actually go interact with the things that we still find are meaningful, especially if we're on the latter part of our careers and our work where we have some resources, we want to free up some time, we want to be able to do things. Well, energy is directly related to this entire nervous system, your blood sugar regulation, your metabolic health. So that's obviously pretty foundational. And then we look at the epidemics that's happening with memory right now. We're having Alzheimer's, yeah. dementia, like going through the roof. And trust me, this is directly due to our lifestyle. It is directly due to the foods that we are eating, poor metabolic health, circadian rhythm dysregulation, too much stress, environmental toxins. Like it's happening right now. If you do nothing, you will be, you know, basically subject to this age and dis-ease process. But the other cool thing is that our bodies have a tremendous ability to regenerate. Things like strength training, which I know we're going to talk about. They activate these sirtuin genes, which are longevity anti-aging genes. They help us rebuild new mitochondria, which are like the ATP powerhouses of our cells that basically determine our lifespan and our health span. So there's little things that you can do to kind of like dramatically shift the course. And I guess it's important. You can almost think of like the current culture right now as like a magnetic field. And if you're not doing anything, it's going to take you in this particular direction yeah. that most people are going. So you need to understand that what you're actually doing is going countercultural 
which means you have to have that plan, something to aim at. You have to have a motivation sense to not be pulled into that draw. And over time, as you get more reps in, as you become more solidified, you're a couple years into the game. In your case, you know, almost two decades into the game, you have more solidity and, and you're not yeah. as vulnerable to the slipbacks. Yeah, it's interesting. I will vulnerably share that like, as far as food goes, like I'm pretty healthy. Like if there's slips, it's generally in the like sugar area, but the pretty natural sugar area, right. even at this point. And it's just amazing though, how the woman's body changes <laughs> in like, sure. the late forties and like what's happening and what needs to be responded to that. I feel like I'm in this phase where I'm like relearning, mm -hmm. you know, what I need. And in my thirties, when I first got healthy, you're probably going to tell me this isn't true, but it was what I experienced is that like me having a lot of protein was just not important. Mm -hmm. Like in my experiences in a 30 year old body. And so, you know, high raw vegan diet mm -hmm. was actually like really served me. Super healing. Yes, You've done it was right. Super healing. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, just not. And it's very interesting. Like, I mean, I'm not eating as high raw anymore, but it's interesting that like, it's just interesting how things change. And then you have to like figure it out. And like, you've been doing things one way and now it's another way. And there's definitely lots of details to always be tended to, which I find was actually a really freeing thing to understand. Because right. I think at the beginning, I was like, oh, one day I'll just arrive at a destination and everything yeah. will be good. But I think part of that long game that you're talking about, it's like, no, like, there's some regular things <laughs> that you have to mm -hmm. keep tending to in yes. order to keep nurture our bodies and they might change, but they're, you know, categorically, they're probably similar over the course of our life. Really well said. I completely agree. And I'll comment quickly and then we'll go into whatever direction you want to take yeah. the rest of this conversation yeah. is yes. I mean, when women are still having cycles, I mean, it's like the different foods that you can eat at different times of the cycles. We're starting to learn a lot more about this. There's a really yeah. cool book by Dr. Mindy Pels called Fast Like a Girl. Yeah, I don't I know if you're familiar with yeah. that. Yeah, it's yes, cool, right? Yeah. yeah. It talks about the different, you know, when estrogen's high, these are some things to do. When progesterone's high later in the cycle, these are things to do. So that's really cool. And let alone the perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, which I think it's just like the margin for error goes so much down when you don't have as much estrogen to provide a lot of the energy, the bone strength, the vitality, and the vigor that the female body has. Like you just need to do more things, which means taking proper supplements, doing strike training, really optimizing your sleep taking a certain amount of good fats. A lot of women do find they do better in this later part with a little more of like a higher protein style nutrition. We're seeing a lot yeah. of people go a little more paleo during that time versus like higher carb earlier in their years. I still think the fundamentals of eating natural food, not eating yeah. too late, having a standardized breakfast, getting strength training in a couple of times a week, like they still hold. And I do fully understand and respect that it gets harder for all men and women as we age, but especially yep. women around that perimenopause, postmenopause period. Yeah, which is a lot of our listeners, uh -huh, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Tell me what well, you just said something and I'm like, oh, he needs to say more about that. Tell me what you said about breakfast. Okay, well, there's a couple things. I'm not saying that anyone listening to this necessarily has to have a breakfast and breakfast defined by you have a meal between five and you know nine a.m. necessarily. But I do think the first meal that you have during the day needs to be standardized and healthy. Because we're always with nutrition trying to balance the consistency with the variety. And I think early mm. in the day when your normal routine is kind of like coming online, family, work, whatever, it's so important to have something that's grooved in, that's something that you like, that's full of protein, healthy fats, lots of vitamins and minerals, and it tastes great and it's easy to make. So there's a lot of things that fit that bill. It could be... Yeah. 
egg-based recipes. You know, you could be an omelet or certain kinds of eggs like this with little sauteed greens or berries or something like this. It could be vegan vegetarian and it's like overnight oats with hemp seeds, chia seeds, almond milk, you know, a bunch of cool things on there. Maybe a drizzle, a little bit of honey. There's many options. It could be a smoothie power yeah. smoothie recipe, throw a bunch of good stuff in there. Maybe you're throwing in some maca because you're around that perimenopause period and plant-based protein powder, almond milk, some berries, like either way you need to dial in that first meal. And I think it's a really good idea because for two reasons, one, a really good breakfast that has protein, healthy fats, it can have some carbs, which is not too, too high. It's going to give you a lot of energy and keep your blood sugar very stable early in the day. And that feels great because we've all felt the converse where you go out with the family, you have a huge breakfast, it involves potatoes, maybe you have some bread and then you feel sluggish afterwards. It's like yeah. not good, right? No, we want to feel energized. Not a good meal, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. To be heavy. But also what's powerful about it is this becomes a consistent behavioral hook for you where no matter what happened yesterday, so maybe you did eat some sugar or a little too much, you have something to consistently get on track with. So it's like, it's a fresh new day. Here's what I'm going to do. And I even suggest if you have the ability to take this meal consistently with you, or at least the concept of it, wherever you go on vacation or travel, this becomes like your guiding through line. And no matter what season of life you're in, you can have a standardized meal number one, one that gives you a lot of great vitamins, minerals, energy stuff. And no matter what happens later in the day, at least you got this in. And if that's the yeah. only thing you got that was really, really, really good, man, that's like a third of your whole meals. If you're doing three meals a day is like locked in and very good. So I'm a huge fan of standardizing. And again, this could be you exercise in the morning, you have this meal afterwards. This could be you just drink water, tea, coffee, or something like this and fast a little bit longer. Also totally fine. This could be you're a breakfast person and you like to get up and you're starving all the time. You just want to have breakfast. And this is the time when your kids are eating too. All of those things are great options. I think it's important to make it proactive and planned where you know what that is and you yeah. just like, and it's a general time. So it's again, it's a behavioral hook every day and it's good nutrition. I love that. Part of my story when I first got healthy was that I literally ate the same thing for like three months straight on yeah. all meals. And everyone, like a lot of people pushed me on that because I get, you know, a lot of people like want to be well planned and have variety at the same moment, mm -hmm. which is, I think is kind of hard actually for a lot of people trying to make a change. So I really appreciate that I did that for three months. It was for really sure. helpful. And I'm taking in the breakfast thing because I love that strategy. And I think I might figure out what my version of that is right now. Yeah, so it's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. And like, you can have a couple versions. I think I have a typically like the shake smoothie version. I have an egg based version. I'm yeah. not doing too many overnight oats right now. But when I was eating very, very plant based, and I'm like, in the middle of the road right now that I yep. was doing the overnight oats. So all good options. Yeah, we have something that I eat a lot that's made of like hemp. It's from my friend Tess, who's been on the podcast, but it's like hemp and like it has no oats in it, basically yeah. chia and like a whole bunch oh, that's of stuff. Nice. But it feels kind of like oats, but actually oats, even if they say gluten free with my celiac body are not in they blow alignment. me. I don't have a gluten sense. I do have some gluten sensitivity, but oats by themselves typically give me some kind of bloat. I don't feel as good when I have them. So yeah, part of this yeah. game is figuring that out too. Like what is healthy, you know, categorically we can say like the more natural foods are healthier fruits and vegetables for the most part, healthy meats, fishes, eggs, these kinds of non-processed single ingredient foods are healthy, but then what feels good on your body is something yeah. you must figure out. So there's experimentation. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I, so I love that strategy. Okay. So I feel like you have such a wide breadth of knowledge. Like we could go into all the health categories mm -hmm. with Dr. Anthony. So it's interesting because I actually think food is one of the, it's probably one of the most time consuming 
of all mm-hmm. the like changes we can make. Though I often find that women get really tripped up by the exercise movement piece. Yeah. So I'm just curious what you have to say about that, especially in this perimenopausal, menopausal time. A couple things that I've heard come up lately, just food for thought, that people feeling like they waited too late, like they didn't do it early enough. And so now all of a sudden it feels like impossible and it's never going to happen. Like muscle mass is just never going to be a thing. Definitely there's more you know, women are dealing with like this pain might have already happened in certain places. So it's like, how do you create movement and honor, you know, the body that you're in? So Mm -hmm. I feel like those are the two biggest things. And then time. And like, I feel like for some reason, food can hang on longer, like even meditation sometimes, but like movement is one of those things that we can drive our kids all over the world to soccer practices, but like, it's harder to fit into our own lives. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think we approach what you just shared, like in a philosophical way to like, look at the concept of the overall strategy of movement and how it fits into what the body needs and what busy women and busy men can do. I want to say first though, like to speak into the woman who feels like it's too late. There are just like, well, one from our community, over 15,000 women, like we have women who just started strength training in their fifties, some even in their sixties who have like built a tremendous amount of muscle. And there's lots of really cool stories online. I think there's a woman named Ernest Shepardine and she like is like one of those jacked old ladies that you see when you type in like fit old grandma kind of things. And she started strength training in like her sixties or something like this. So your body can get strong. And again, because the body is always until pretty much until the day or these bodies pass, the life force leaves, we're able to adapt to a stress. We create some kind of stress and the body responds and, and gets stronger and compensates. Now, as we get older, our recovery capacity goes down. Like if you do a workout and you did it in your twenties, like you could probably do the workout again in like one to two days, but now it might be like a little bit longer, you know, you need yep. more time to recover. And this is actually kind of freeing. Because when it comes to the exercise that we do need to do, and I'm going to make a very strong case for a specific kind of strength training, you may only need to do that like once to twice a week to get really good effect. So Ooh, it can I free know a lot of people the... are going to like to hear that because I feel right? like the 10 minutes a day story is pretty prevalent right now. On yeah. And so that's the concept of being internet. doing like <laughs> micro workouts or small stuff. And the truth is like 10 minutes of workout. So you accumulate, let's just say 60 to 70 minutes of exercise a week is like a thousand percent better than zero exercise, right? It's yeah. just like a little bit of a metabolic hit. And I mean, when it comes to exercise, there's oftentimes a trade-off between intensity and time. Mm-hmm. If you have less time, but you can go higher intensity, you're going to get more benefit versus somebody who maybe does a jog, but they jog for like two hours. Like not many of us have the time for that unless you really genuinely enjoy being outside and running, which many people do. Okay. But the concept is this. Like, if we, <laughs> I'm it, just trying to imagine jogging for two hours. Right? <laughs> I just have to pause there and laugh. I, I don't know that I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could have the stamina, but anyway. I know, okay, right. Totally. <laughs> Extreme example, perhaps. Okay. So if we look at like the longest living people around the planet, these centenarians, the pockets of longevity, these people mm-hmm. are not doing P90X. They're getting outside. <laughs> right? They're gardening, they're active, they have good social connections or eating natural foods, they typically have spiritual practice of some sort, and they're in a peaceful state. And so one of the things that our bodies do need for longevity is we need to walk, we need to walk a lot. And I want to start to get people to understand the distinction that walking is not exercise. I want to think a lot like, well, exercise in the form of formal workouts. Okay, so there's daily movement, and there's formal exercise, they are two different categories, you may be so busy that you don't have time to get an hour long formal workout in or maybe you can slot it in once or twice a week, that is fine. But you do have the ability to do daily movement. 
You may be talking on the phone. You may have a little work break. You may have the ability after dinner or before in the morning. The amount of movement and steps you can accumulate is like everything, especially if it can be outside. You can breathe through your nose, get some sunshine, you know, seasons and weather permitting. Like what this helps do is not just like gets the blood flowing for sure, helps us regulate our blood sugar for sure, moves lymphatic fluid where your nervous, your, I'm sorry, your immune system is moving through the lymphatics. That's what walking does, but it also regulates your nervous system. When you're breathing through your nose and you're outside, we get into a parasympathetic state, which is the relaxed healing like present, but still energized state that we want to be in as opposed to the sympathetic fight or flight where we're kind of like really like, ah, and then we're very vulnerable to making bad food decisions or feeling very reactive. And reactivity is the exact opposite, which you want when it comes to your health behaviors. And quite frankly, good health routines make you less reactive. So like we can all walk and it doesn't have to be one long walk. Although I do think good times to walk are in the morning. If you have the ability to get outside when the sun is still like anywhere from like when the sun rises till noon and you can go outside, breathe through your nose and do some walking that is a huge win. And I think it's more foundational than formal exercise. And then again, how can you accumulate steps? Could you park a little farther away? Could you take the stairs if you're at some kind of office? Could you take a walk with your family after dinner, which research shows help you regulate your blood sugar like super, super good and helps you sleep better at night. So it's like walking is key and understand that that's what the people who live the longest prioritize daily movement. So that's foundational. And then ask yourself, how can I check my movement box every single day? Even if you're not doing formal workouts, that's where you start. I love that. I love the differentiation between walking and working out. That's mm -hmm. really cool. So thank you for that. And it's funny. I'm thinking, I'm just like thinking in my head, one of my things with, well, I have two things around walking. One is my daughter and I are going to walk the Camino in mm -hmm. a little less than a year. So like training walking in my Good. brain. And oh, another thing for anyone who has dogs, mm -hmm. a few months ago, I was like, walking the dog is not the same. <laughs> like walking used to have a whole different meaning for me until yeah. I started having to walk the dog. And then it's like, you're being pulled in a different way. And like, you can't like, you're not, it's just not, it's not stress-free in the same way. So I started doing what you just said. I started waking up earlier and walking before yeah. the dog and it's so helpful. Yes, it is. And, and like, like we've literally had ladies lose, I'd say like 60, 70 pounds in the span of six months doing no formal exercise, just walking and following good nutrition. So Amazing. and walking something that you can just do, we can accumulate more steps. And that's the idea of like the micro workouts or just like not exactly micro workouts, but walk more. Now, the yeah. next category is formal exercise. And there are three yeah. things that we need to train as we get older strength, which is where a lot of ladies are lacking because they don't have the clarity of what to do. Yep. Cardiovascular fitness, which we used to think of as aerobics, but there can be many ways to get <laughs> cardio fitness. And, and walking is not cardio. No, not really. But it's like, okay, it's a light, gentle form of cardio. Like I'd say, yes, it is right. Anything that's like pumping the heart to a certain extent, especially if you're consciously breathing through your nose and you walk okay. a little bit where you're building a little bit of body heat, you're getting some cardiovascular activity for sure. But it doesn't have, if you're really looking to push your fitness, then getting the heart rate into higher zones and bringing okay. it back down, like higher intensity activity is going to be very helpful for that. Okay. But breathing through your nose while walking is a form of gentle cardio. But then there's okay. like the cardio, which we're getting a heart rate to be higher and working the heart more. And then finally, flexibility and mobility training, which we need to have. And a lot of reasons that people are in pain is because they lack strength in certain areas. So the joints actually have to bear more load because the muscles aren't firing properly. And because we have tightness, like I don't know if you work at a desk and you have a computer, sometimes the neck is tight, the back is tight, you're sitting. It's like, it's often due to postural stuff and exercise can help kind of unwind that. So at Fit Mother Project, one of the things that we do 
is we do particular kind of workouts called metabolic resistance training, which basically combines all of those aspects into one workout that can be done in around 30 minutes. And the goal would be to do this exercise one to three times per week, space it out. You know, one would be like the bare minimum for a good effect, but if you can do it two times a week and eventually it becomes a little more intrinsically motivating as you do it more, maybe it's like every other day you do a kind of workout like this. And the concept is this, as we get older, like our bodies move in, in different planes of space. We can push things away from our body. We can pull things towards our body. We can push overhead. We can pull down, we can squat and we can hinge at our hips. So like, these are the foundational movements that we need to be strong at today. And then certainly when we're like 70 or 80 years old. So we basically just do those motions with load. So this might look like a squat holding a weight in front of you, a shoulder press. It look like a push up or a chest press. It might look like a bent over row or a deadlift. So we basically string these motions in a circuit where you'll do a whole round. Like there's many ways to create these circuits. And on our fit mother project, YouTube channel, we have like tons of examples like this, but you might do a round of, let's just say you do five reps of each exercise immediately from swings to squats, to shoulder presses, to rows and push-ups, whether those are on your knees or you're doing a chest press, and then you rest for one to two minutes. So while you're getting strength, you're also getting cardio and we're doing these mobility motions. And then you can run through the circuit, get the six reps, seven reps, eight reps. So I'm just giving an example of one way it could be done. But I think the idea for really busy people of having to do cardio separate from having to do weights is no longer necessary. You can do them all as a kind of combination workout. Oh, I love that. That's cool. And that makes that sounds like it saves time already. <laughs> it does. But the trade off for again, for saving time is that it's higher intensity. It's yep. more challenging, okay. like it will yep. push you. Now there's the other option of like something that's a little more not as high intensity that is just like classic strength training, which means, you know, going in and like, there's many ways to split up your body. So you could do a full body training workout. So every major muscle group, legs, yep. shoulders, back, chest, once per week is fine and sufficient to start building muscle period. Okay. I want to emphasize that if you have time to do a full body strength training workout once per week, but you actually are intentional about picking exercises, trying to get stronger over time, that's a wonderful stimulus and you're going to do great. If you can do that twice per week. So once every four to five days, even better probably results, but I actually think there's probably diminishing returns for beginners who are looking to start to build some strength and muscle for going beyond two times per week of this classic strength training because recovery is super important and becomes even more important as we get older. So you could do it full body workouts twice per week. You could split it into an upper body workout and a lower body workout. And I think beyond that, for someone who's kind of in the beginner intermediate stage, that's pretty much all you need to start with. I would advise against doing very specific workouts, like just hitting my arms on this day and then just doing my chest yeah. this day. And then just do my legs this day, unless you're getting very, very, very into like fitness and you're training for some kind of competition, or you're working with a personal trainer who's designing something directly, that stuff is unnecessary. And quite frankly, it just seems fancy for the sake of doing fancy stuff. And it's probably less effective than doing the full body training because the exercise that we're doing, I want this to be very clear. It's not about burning calories. It's about creating a stimulus. It's like okay. pushing an elevator button. Exercise pushes the button. And then the elevator coming down is the response to the stimulus, which means your body's repairing the muscles that had some damage from the workout. Your mitochondria are like, oh crap, we need to get better at producing energy because that was a really crazy experience we just went through. So you push the button, you allow the recovery to happen. And when you're between those workouts, you're walking, you're breathing through your nose, you're drinking lots of water, you're eating your meals. And so this is a cool and hopefully freeing concept that you can just have pulses of this exercise. It doesn't have to be a full bone barrage all the time. What your routine may look like then is you get a pair of dumbbells or kettlebells, 
you do one of these workouts, even if you only have time on the weekend, maybe once on the weekend and maybe possibly once during the week and you walk all the rest of the time. Or if you want to do one of these strength training workouts and then go to a class or something like that, and that's fun to do with some of your friends and make it a little social, that's great too. But I would say conceptually, I'm trying to help people realize that you only need around two or three of these pulses, you know, per week and awesome. one is even works. Okay. So this is like a random question because I know yeah. somebody's thinking it, which is like, so on your videos, if we were to go watch that, which I'm assuming you have all this in yes. there, then are you using free weights in that situation at home? Is yeah, that true? Well, well so like, a lot I'm, of I'm thinking yeah. like machine at gym versus free weight. Like, like they're both great. And, and certainly okay. some machines are better than others. Like not all machines are created equal. You're not using as many stabilizer muscles, but if that's what like gets you in to start to do, like a leg press machine is fantastic. A lat pull down mm. machine is fantastic. You know, there's certain machines that are very, very good. But mm -hmm. we also like the cool thing is you can just straight up do this stuff with a mix of just free weights at home, like dumbbells mm -hmm. or kettlebells. You don't even need a bench. You could just use a chair to sit down for some of these things and do that. But if you do have access to a gym, I would still suggest at least half of your exercises are based off of free weights. So this Got would be it. like grabbing a free weight and doing some squats with the weight in front of you. Yep. This would be like learning how to do a deadlift, which is how to hinge your hips and engage your glutes and your hamstrings. This would be probably like a shoulder press, probably a bent over row with the weights. And then machines can be good for many ladies around chest pressing. If that feels good or you yep. can't do pushups quite yet, this is pushing away yep. from your body. Machines can often be quite good for that. But the key thing here is the body needs constant increasing stimulus. So that means get your planning hat on write down what your workout or the exercises you're going to do ahead of time, yep. or just go in the first time, play around, find what you like and one exercise per body part, and then track your weights, whether you're logging in the phone or you get off the phone for a little bit and you get a physical log book where you write down things, how many reps did you do? What was the weight? And you might even write down like, what was your perceived exertion on that out of 10, 10 being like, it was completely the hardest set I could possibly do. Like there's nothing left in the tank. And maybe like seven is like, I had a couple more left in the tank, like three reps. So you don't have to necessarily track that, but it can be nice because then you can look back the next week. And this is where motivation starts to kick in. You're like, holy crap, I'm not seeing my body change amazingly yet, but I am literally able to chest press 10 more pounds for two more reps. And it's just been a week. This is freaking awesome. And then when you have Absolutely. that feeling, yep. and then you do that for a course of like three or four or five months, then your body has built a noticeable amount of muscle. And again, the promise of strength training and muscle building is not just that it activates this fountain of youth and all these hormones, it's that it gives you a better metabolism. Because I'm sure there's someone listening to this that feels like, I just can't eat food without like, I look at food and I gain weight, you know, or like, I just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh man, I just like, I feel like I can only eat a thousand calories a day. And like, there's a process of metabolic healing, especially if you've gone on many like very low calorie diets and you don't have a lot of muscle mass. When you start to build more muscle mass and do some strength training, your body will naturally be like, I need some more food. And when you give it the right kinds of proteins, fruits, vegetables, these kinds of things that your body enjoys, your actual metabolism will go up. So in a year from now, you might be able to actually have twice the amount of food that you had now. Not necessarily you'll eat that, but your metabolic engine gets is directly proportional to your muscle mass. And as ladies get older too, and the estrogen levels go down, this protects both your heart and your bones. One of estrogen's many, many beneficial effects is it's cardioprotective and protective for the musculoskeletal system. So you need to actually strength train to give those bones resistance and reason to actually have like a high amount of integrity in them. Because, you know, I think it like, I don't know the exact stats, but like for women who fall and have a hip fracture in their seventies or eighties, I think like 50% of people are dead within like one to two years. 
And this is when the bones become porous. It's just like, it's a dangerous kind of thing. And I know we're not all trying to like exactly live forever, but you don't want to be the frail old lady. You want to be the old yeah. lady that still has the ability to hike and to do things and can squat without pain. And I'll comment on the pain thing too, because that was a huge thing. Yeah. I have a body that has gone through a tremendous amount of pain from a lot of dumb stuff I did that had like a lot of bad injuries. <laughs> you may have areas that are injured from stuff that you've done in the past or just the osteoarthritis and stuff of getting older. There may be exercises that are not appropriate for you right now. It might be that bending your knee in a certain kind of way in a squat just doesn't feel great right now. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't do something like a deadlift where your knee doesn't bend or like a glute bridge or find a way to modify things so it feels okay like work around your limitations. And as you strength train and you train that area that hurts, like if you have a shoulder issue, what do you do in physical therapy? They're like band shoulders, this, that it's all like working the area to get more integrity of the muscles and the strength, the pain often decreases. And I'll also say it's probably a good idea for people to take some supplements related to good joint health. So collagen would be a nice thing for people to include in some way, shape or form, whether that's traditionally you're getting bone broths or stuff like this, or you're taking a collagen powdered supplement, throwing it in a smoothie or in coffee, like that's good. There are, I do believe most people, particularly over 40 benefit from getting a regular dose of omega threes. So if you're yeah. getting like cold water, fatty fish, like salmon and sardines and stuff, you can get some, you can also take an omega three supplement. I would say, make sure it's high quality. That's good, natural, anti-inflammatory protective for the heart. I do like curcumin a lot, like a high quality bioavailable curcumin. It's a natural anti-inflammatory. It's way better than if you're taking any NSAID like Advil and stuff like this on a regular basis. I would try to cut that out of your life. Use these more natural anti-inflammatories and it's good for your joints. And there's a lot of other things like chondroitin, MSM. But like if you have joint issues, get yourself a quality joint supplement. Like go on Amazon, look for one that's got a lot of good reviews. It's not the cheapest one, something middle of the road. And like take that and do some strength training and your joints can improve. You don't have to be in pain. Ooh, I love that invitation. Thank you. Yeah. So where does yoga fit into all this? Awesome. <laughs> like, okay, so that's a really cool thing. I would say yoga can serve as one of those formal workouts, but a lot of people mm -hmm. who do yoga regularly almost feel that it's like, it's not a workout. It's like more like spiritual restoration. It's just like a chance yeah. to really, you know, I don't know, just be really one with the breath and present and release a lot of the stuff. Depends on the kind of yoga. Like if you're doing like yeah. a yin yoga, really like long stretch holds, like that's going to be more of like a tonifying for the nervous system. Not exactly. I wouldn't exactly categorize it as a formal workout. Or if I did, I would make sure it was certainly paired with at least one or two of these higher intensity, more vigorous exercises. If you're doing a more flow vinyasa or hot yoga or holding postures and your legs are shaking, that absolutely counts as a formal workout. And I would make sure if you do strength training, you have a couple days between when you're doing that kind of yoga and a formal strength training to make sure that you have enough time to recover because certain yoga flows can be very physically taxing. And if you're absolutely loving yoga, you can do it in back-to-back -back days. I would make sure though, that you still do weights at least once a week. Even if you did once per week of the full body session at the gym, mix of free weights and machines, and you did yoga twice the rest of the week, phenomenal. Yoga is going to give yeah. you strength, flexibility, coordination, peacefulness. That being said, you're using your body weight and it's not like you're doing progressive resistance. So, you know, on the yoga, you might be able to hold the posture a little bit better or a little bit deeper, but it's not the same as adding 15 pounds to your squat and doing that many times in the future. They're both beneficial. Awesome. So you've mentioned supplements a few times. Mm -hmm. So if someone's wanting feedback on that, I don't know. I just feel like if I go to my primary care doctor, they're like, that is not their 
field of expertise? Right. Like, who do you go, who gives you that advice? Is that something you do? Well, like, yeah, this is certainly something that we do inside the fit mother community is like a whole, like we do make a couple supplements. We make an amazing protein powder with uh, multivitamins, probiotics, super greens in it. We also have a hormone balancing formula for women around menopause, perimenopause. You actually have We those? literally oh, manufacture and make them. So, cause like I have formulas I that, that I like, but there's many people that have all different kinds of supplements. I think the internet is a really cool place for you know, learning a lot. I mean, we have some, but here's what I'll yeah. say. What I think of like the core supplements outside of, outside of like need specific things like a joint supplement or a yeah. hormone support supplement around perimenopause, postmenopause, I would say that it's really good for people to get in some form, a low dose or natural dose multivitamin. So this could be yeah. a powder of some sort that's got a bunch of cool stuff in it. It could be a little tab of some sort, but I consider that just like leveling out your nutritional bases. It's a sad, yep. simple fact that the fruits and vegetables that people ate 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, just do not like those today don't have as many nutrients, vitamins, and minerals, There's soil depletion, yep. let alone the fact if you eat enough fruits and veggies, you know, in different kinds yep. of things. So multivitamin solid, if we're having any digestive issues, a probiotic can be really a good idea, yep. but you don't need to take probiotics continuously. Once you have a good GI tract, your probiotics actually can benefit a lot from getting fiber from certain plant foods, like prebiotic foods are very good for that purpose. Examples of that, although you and I don't do great on oats, but oats, apples, <laughs> citrus, you know, you can get the fermented foods can be good probiotics yep. mixed with prebiotic foods are really solid, but getting something for your digestive health is helpful. Yep. I do believe that getting vitamin D supplementation, vitamin D3 is very good. Huge believer yep. in getting outside and getting sunshine on your skin and your eyes in the morning. It's good for reasons beyond vitamin D production, but yep. vitamin D is huge. Like every single white blood cell that you have has a vitamin D receptor. And many people actually are starting to believe that flu season is actually low vitamin D season. Not to say that mm. the flu is not going around getting people, but when your vitamin D levels are in your blood at above like 60 to 90 nanograms per deciliter, like it's hard for you to get sick with the normal common cold stuff that goes around. And we also saw that a lot of people during the coronavirus stuff that went around that had bad outcomes were often very low in vitamin D as well. So it is good to get D3 supplementation and you can take a lot of it. You could take 5,000 IUs a day for a long period of time and just check your blood once per year when you do your normal lab work with your PCP or whether or not you do mm -hmm. like vitamin D3 can be taken at a high dose for a long period of time, very safe. And I mentioned a couple, like a class of some natural anti-inflammatories. So omega-3 fish oil, solid, good for cognitive health. A curcumin might be a good idea. And then beyond that, I do think having a good quality protein powder that you like, one that's clean and tasty and agrees with you is a really nice, convenient tool because it's mm -hmm. the basis of when you need to make a quick smoothie or you want to take it on a trip and you don't know what you're going to have, but like you can just bring the protein powder and mixed in with some cool stuff. So I don't know if that's like a necessary supplement, but I do think it's a really good like food tool to have something like that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Oh my God. I feel like I could talk to you for like three hours because I already have like 150 more questions. So yeah. And there's probably like but, literally like dozens more supplements that like I do take and I do think are valuable, but like in yeah. terms of the core, if it's that simple, like multivitamin D fish oil and like you're good, maybe a probiotic thing. And like, that's a really core solid stack. You do that. You're ahead of 90% of people, unfortunately, but we'll get more people on board with doing the basics. I definitely want to note that like, I know a lot, I mean, a lot of people come into our programs with the intention of all the things that we've been talking about today. And it's not always as easy to put them into play every day. You know, it's like easy to go on Amazon and buy 
mm-hmm. you know, 10 supplements and then we do have to take them every day. And well, what if we hooked them to that meal one, right? Well, what that's if, like, what I was about to say. Yeah. That's why that's my favorite strategy of the day. I'm like, yeah, like if that all goes together, that really just starts you off and that's what you do. I love that. And like, if I made you the best tasting breakfast smoothie in the world and hand it to you every day, you'd be really excited whenever it yeah. was. So like, we can do this for ourselves and it literally only takes five minutes to throw things in a blender and like, just put water in it and clean it. It's like very simple and easy. So you can all hook these things together, take it all on meal one. And then no matter what happens the rest of the day, like you're there, whether or not you meal prepped, whether or not you have a plan, whether or not you know your go-to snacks, which are all valuable things that we teach inside of our programs. Like you can just literally have that and you're off to a great start. Amazing. All right. So tell, first tell us like how we can find you, although Mm -hmm. you're going to be back here in our own community shortly, but how can we find you on the internet? So fitmotherproject.com, just exactly as it sounds, mm-hmm. Fitmother Project or Fit Father Project if you want to see our men's work and our YouTube channel as well. Like, well, first off on the websites, what's really cool is we actually have like the workout I described, but mm-hmm. even a slightly better version of it, as well as our free one day meal plan that walks you through like an entire day from morning hydration, a meal one, what you might want to do for lunch and snack and all that stuff. That's all on the website. So very, very good. You can, we'll send that to your email. And then our YouTube channel is another phenomenal resource. Fit Mother awesome. Project on YouTube. There's like tons of videos, workout videos, strength training videos. So I recommend you check that out. Yeah. And every time I talk to Dr. Anthony, I'm like, oh my God, he's actually thinking about like all the different things <laughs> because I feel like often people are like just food, just exercise, just whatever. It's so, so holistic. And then the mindset and like the accountability and the ongoing stuff, which I know is why you literally run a community. Cause it's not just like, yeah. here's how you live an organized life. It's like, and we must do it together and be here in communion so we can like yeah. stay on top of things. Like we have basically the best fitness community for moms 40 plus. So. Oh my gosh. I love it. So everyone needs to go check that out and you're going to come answer some questions for people in our community soon, which is so fun. And is there anything else that I've missed? Like, I feel like obviously there's so many directions we could go, but is there any other piece that you just want to offer people? Yeah. And this is going to get a little, like, I'll say spiritual as it relates to me. Like, I think all of us here are looking to experience love, connection, purpose, And like whatever's in our hearts to like, to bring forth, we're here to kind of like expand and become a better version of ourselves and like have a life that's full of grace and great experience. Like your body is with you every step of the way. Yes, it changes. Yes, it teaches you things. It is one of the highest forms of self-love that I know to like do good things to your body. And then when you're feeling good, what you're radiating outwards to the world is like that good health energy and feeling. And then like it influences everyone around you. So by taking care of yourself, it's self-love. And I also know regardless of what your spiritual practices are, anyone's, or if you have them, we feel best when we have the mind aspect, like a plan, good, good, good structure in place, the body aspect together. When those two things combine and we have that, we feel an integrity, stuff starts to flow better and your life starts to open up in a bigger way. And I just think it's so possible and even making small incremental changes like the breakfast stuff that we talked about compounded over the rest of the year, it will just be massive. Get rid of the all or nothing mindset that it needs to be some super intense thing or you're not following the plan. And also understand that this path of getting yourself healthy is inherently going to be getting into some of your deepest patterns and healing those too. Because when you get to the point where you feel good, you're eating good, you're moving pretty regularly, and you're having that good feeling inside, you're going to have dropped not just physical pounds, but a lot of emotional baggage too. And then you feel lighter. And eventually, maybe you feel enlightened on your path. So it's so all connected to the deep things that we want to do. This body is the vehicle and the playground through our life experience here. So it's really worth taking some time to, to go deep into it. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you for ending with that. That's amazing. Let's just end there. So thank you so much for being here (laughs) today and we'll see you soon in our community. And I will definitely like, I'm like, he needs to be back a few times. So Mm. yes, we'll, we'll keep talking. Thanks, Mia. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where change happens. And even though I know you do, because I do too, want big change. It really is the little things done over and over that make the difference, that actually make the big change. I know it seems counterintuitive. So pick a doable thing, put it in your calendar, weave it through your days for a week, right? It's just a week, and then move on to the next one. Believe me, if you get into this practice, it will have a snowball effect. So in every chat I have, we always pick three doable changes again, so you can choose one and really roll with it. And there was no shortage of great doable changes in this conversation with Dr. Anthony. So here's number one, and I love this one. And this actually is something I live by and may even figure out what the next doable action for me is because I loved the way he explained this specifically on this episode. So it is dial in breakfast and the idea of having a standardized healthy breakfast to start your day. Now remember, he shared some great examples of breakfast that you could start with. So he said that usually a good breakfast has some healthy fat, some protein, lots of vitamins and minerals, right? This is how we're wanting to start our day. And to really keep it simple, and one of the ways that we do this is by having pretty much the same thing every day. So it might be that you go the egg route, if that's your thing, and you have an egg with sauteed greens or an egg with other veggies, right? Or an egg and berries, whatever it is that gets you what you need. You could be an overnight oats person and fill the overnight oats with hemp seeds and chia seeds and almond milk and berries again, right? Or I personally am not a great oats person. They don't do very well with me. So there's lots of great recipes. I personally love Test Masters overnight notes that are the same idea, like an overnight situation, but that just doesn't have the oats in it. Okay. You could have a smoothie that has protein and almond milk and veggies and fruits in it, right? And you could switch out the smoothies, but know that you always are starting with a smoothie. I did admittedly have the same green smoothie for like a whole year of my life. And It's still one of my favorites. I don't have it every morning anymore. So I just love the strategy of really dialing in breakfast, prepping ahead, being prepared, not having to make any choices first thing in the morning because there is the thing of decision fatigue. It is real. And so having this choice made for you just helps you as you're home or traveling or at work. There's never decision fatigue. You just have to figure out how to get this meal. (laughs) All right. So I love this idea of dialing in breakfast. Okay. Doable change number two, build daily movement. In addition to working out, we just need to move more. At least most of us do. I very much include myself in that most. So walking is great is what Dr. Anthony said, which I love. So when you can add a walk or even better, several short walks into your day, This makes a big difference. Can you walk for 20 minutes in the morning? Can you walk around the block between calls? Can you take a family walk after dinner? Schedule time in your weekly plan and see if you can walk every day for a week. So this is that daily movement. And I love how we separated out walking from our exercising. So this one's really cool. Okay, 
Last but not least, add a mixed workout. You can do a metabolic resistance training workout that combines cardio and strength training. So everything in this episode is really geared toward making all of this more easeful for us. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. So think high intensity and lower time. Yes, save time and get an effective workout, right? Didn't you love that invitation? So you can find examples from Dr. Anthony himself. We've put some links down below. You can do this one to three times a week and just know that like one to three times a week is great because you need to recover and track what you do and see what's actually doable for you, okay? If it's a 30-minute workout once a week, start there because remember, making it doable makes us keep showing up to it. So you want to ask yourself the question, how can I make my workout more doable? Okay. Oh my gosh. I want to do every single one of these. So in this moment, I put a little bit of restraint on myself and it's like, okay, which one am I going to start off with first? By the way, it's the walk one and then it's the mixed workout one and then it's the breakfast because the breakfast I kind of got, I'm just trying to get to the next level. So mine's really about that consistent movement and then getting those lifts in. And I am so excited to report back some great results, implementing pretty much everything from this episode, but in a doable way. All right. I will see you all soon. Don't forget to go grab your space for make time for your health. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, Share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.